the next episode of the SG Tour Report podcast from Secret Golf. Hi. This week, it's the Sanderson Farms Championship on the PGA Tour. I'm Diane Knox, and I'm going to be joined by Steve Elkington soon for the show. He's on location this week in Virginia Beach, actually. Now, he was uh, playing in Mark Leishman's Begin Again Foundation Charity Golf Day. So it was funny because um, we're meant to record the show in the morning, like late morning time. And um, he, I spoke to him on Sunday night and he was like, oh, I'm going to play in Leisha's event tomorrow. So we're going to have to do it later in the day. And I said, well, that's fine. We'll make it work because obviously it'll be cool to talk about the golf that you've played and maybe we can get Leishman on. So I had said to Elk, where are you going to do this from? And uh, he was like, I, I don't know. But in the end, and you'll see the video if you uh, go on and check out the show on Sports Grid, he did it in the most perfect location on this golf course, in the sunshine, on the driving range. And we did have Mark Leishman involved as well. Now, the full show is on the Sports Grid network every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Then it's repeated at 3, 10 and 11, if you want to catch it a little bit later on at night. And you can find that at sportsgrid.com and also on many TV streaming platforms. All you have to do is search for SportsGrid. But we do a podcast version for you. It comes out every Tuesday and we are giving you our picks for the PGA Tour tournament that week. As I said at the start this week, the Sanderson Farms Championship. So we will give you our sizzlers i.e. the guys that we think are going to do well this week, um, our fizzlers, maybe the ones that you should look out for, and the dark horse picks too. And then we'll give you our top 10, which has some great value picks if you want to maybe like take names and do a little bit of your own research, that kind of thing. Just to note as well, we had recorded the whole show before Louis Oosthuizen announced that he had withdrawn from the tournament and we had picked him as one of our sizzlers. So the mentions of Louis are still in there but please be aware that he has withdrawn from the tournament so the show today as i said elk on location mark leishman makes a special appearance as well to talk about well the foundation the begin again foundation which they do amazing work for himself and his wife audrey he also talks about preparation for the masters and where his game's been since the return of golf um, because he'll be the first to admit that it hasn't been in the place that he ideally wanted it to be. So all that to come on the SG Tour Report. Hi and welcome to the SG Tour Report right here on the Sports Grid Network. So happy to be back. We're talking golf on the PGA Tour this week. My name's Diane Knox and well, I'm in my usual location, but Steve Elkington out and about. That place, wherever you are, looks so perfect. It looks like a green screen fake background. Virginia Beach, Virginia, on the east coast of America, Bayville Golf Club. Diane has just played a wonderful round of golf here in Mark Leishman's Pro-Am. He had a bunch of celebrities, a bunch of uh, people were just dying to play golf, being out, you know, being outside today, 80 degrees. Um, your friend, uh, Miss Balionis, is here today playing golf. I saw her swing action today on the golf course. She looked very smart outfit as well. Yeah, I actually, I saw on her Instagram that she was there and she's been hosting. But Mark Leishman is one of our Secret Golf contributors, fellow Australian. Um, you've always been very, very close to him. And the Begin Again Foundation is for sepsis awareness after his wife, Audrey. I mean, it was terrible. She was in hospital and it was very touch and go a few years ago. But their foundation is incredible and they put on this charity outing every year. So it's brilliant that you could be there and be part of it. Yeah, and I don't know if you notice it, but I'm going to put it up in this show, Diane, that they, Mark Leishman has his own beer company, Diane, called Leishman's Lager. And on the fifth hole today, I got to engrave my image of my face onto the foam of a Leishman Lager on the fifth hole today. What? Now, we're talking high-tech technology here, Diane. I'll, I'll post it on this show for you. Uh, okay, so my next question is, how many laggers deep are you before we do the show? <laughs> <laughs> Never any drinking on the golf course. People say, Elk, why don't you have a drink with us? And I said, 
it's a bad habit to get into drinking on the golf course for me, seeing it's my profession, but it means too much for me, Diane. If I start hitting a few loose shots and I don't really concentrate and I don't know if it was the swing or the beer. So no drinking ever for me on the golf course. I have to tell you very quickly that on Sunday, I played the best golf I've ever played in my whole entire life, whole entire life. I am, um, Played, it was a par three and par four course. So it wasn't anything too adventurous, but I made the turn in 36. And that was pretty good for me. You think? Now, were you, were you, were you going to add that you had a little swing lube going there? Is that what you were going to tell me? I didn't because I played at 8 a.m. So it would have been a little bit um, worrying <laughs> if I'd been hitting the laggers at that point. But no, so that's a good lesson for me as well. Maybe I need to... Uh, be a little bit more professional, hit the course early and not worry about any of that lubrication. <laughs> well, we had a great day. Um, everyone in Virginia Beach loves Mark Leishman and his wife and their charity. And, and it's just been, you know, it's been tight down here. They've had, they were locked down. Mark Leishman, of course, won on the PGA Tour this year at Torrey Pines, finished second at Bay Hill. The pandemic came and they, they literally told me they locked him down here. They weren't even allowed to play golf here for like 60 or 70 days. He came out of the pandemic, back onto the tour, was not, be, was not able to regain any of the form that he had in the beginning of the year. So he's ready to put the whole year to bed, Diane, and start afresh here in about a month or so. Okay, and you're going to see his game, his swing firsthand. So are the two of you going to do any work together, talk about a few things? We're going to do a little work after the show. Okay. And then he said, we're going to go to his house. I want to look at his turf. Anyone that knows Mark Leishman knows that he's a fanatical about growing grass. In fact, in the summer, he cuts his grass twice a day with all his machinery. I want to see all the machinery he's got, Diane, and I want to check out his yard. And uh, maybe we may even have a Leishman Lager later on. Yeah. Well, he's obsessed with grass. You're obsessed with grass. And we're going to talk about that. Last week on the PGA Tour, it was the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. We spoke about the grass the guys were going to see on the course there. It was kind of like golf in paradise, especially for Hudson Swafford, who secured his second PGA Tour victory. What did you think of the playing last week? Well, we talked about it on this show last week that it was going to be a very hard course to handicap. There was a lot of young people that were getting their opportunities. Uh, Will Zadatoris, who was a young guy coming off the uh, Corn Ferry, who finished in the top six at the U.S. Open, was there. We touted him as being uh, a good player and uh, one of the favorites. He finished up making his way up into the top ten. He is inching his way ever so closely to getting onto the PGA Tour before he has to wait till 2022. Uh, our own Pat Perez had a solid week, couldn't make as many putts as he thought he would on the weekend. But all in all, you know, I thought um, I didn't get to see all the golf, but uh, I thought the golf course showed up well. It's, it's, it's really given these guys, Diane, a lot of opportunity to get full points. And of course, the winner, Hudson Swafford, he'll now have confidence. He's already stamped his ticket for Augusta National in November this year already. So what a great thing that happened to that young man. Um, we did say that Will Zalatoris was one of our sizzlers and with that top 10 finish, there's talk of him. Well, he's very close to getting a, a special invitation to play the PGA Tour for the season. But when it came to the bottom end and our fizzlers, we said that last year's champion, Graham McDowell, was going to be there and Henrik Stenson, the two big names that when you looked at the entire field, you would pick them out. And we were right. Graham McDowell missed the cut. Henrik Stenson, I mean, he played all right. He found a little bit of form. But when it came to Sunday, he was nowhere near contention to try and win. We talked last week about Stenson, who's only played seven tournaments in 12 months. It's not enough golf, Diane. Got to get him back out in the course. He's got to get that beautiful swing action of his warmed up. We've got to get him serious about golf. A lot of these guys, Diane, I think they got the blues a little bit about the tour. They've come out of Sweden. They've been locked down. They're, they're, they're not feeling loose. There's no crowd. They're wearing masks. They're being tested. They're not allowed to be with their friends at night at the hotel. They can't do anything. It's totally a new environment for them. And some guys are really doing really well in it and some aren't. And I think, yeah. I think um, Stenson, uh, Gray McDowell, of course, was the defending champion there. He's been having some statistical problems, whether it's his swing action. He's not been able to get himself on track. But it was certainly nice for him to go back and defend his championship. And, of course, we got a whole new bunch of young guys this week. 
uh, it's also a very thin field, Diane, when they talk about the PGA Tour and who gets in, when you think about the top 125 money winners from last year, if every one of those guys played, Diane, in a regular week, then they would go to the top 25 from the Corn Ferry and they would fill that field. That would be 150 guys. Well, this week, Diane, they're into the number of 250, I was told. 250 guys, the fifth guy ranked on the tour is getting into this event. A lot of guys are sitting on the bench, Diane. Maybe they're watching college football. Maybe they're just tired of being out there. I don't know. But I know one thing. The guys that do go to Jackson, Mississippi this week, they are going to find the most perfect golf course. been talking to my friends down there that grew up playing the, this, the club of Jackson. And it is primo. They may see the fastest greens of the whole PGA Tour this year. Wow. And going back to that point that a lot of the bigger names in golf are sitting at home right now, if they're in the field for the Masters, they're getting ready for that. And, you know, maybe just with the the stress of everything coming back since the pandemic, they're enjoying an extended off-season now. But it just gives these younger guys and these names that we wouldn't ordinarily see as top picks, it gives them the chance to go out there, earn extremely valuable FedEx Cup points make a bit of money and give themselves a fantastic starting position when it comes to January 2021. There's no better place, by the way, to play golf in the, in the fall in the southern part of the United States. I just dreamt about going down to Georgia, uh, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana. This time of the year down here is awesome. The turf, the temperature have started to cool down. The turf is they can get the turf really low because they get the cool mornings. They don't get all that hot in the day where the turf grows a lot and they get it fast. And I just think Mississippi is, as you said, is a great opportunity for a lot of these young guys. We're going to talk about them. And by the way, there's no different recipe of what it takes to play good. And we've got a pretty good recipe that we put together this week. Yes. So on the PGA Tour, it's the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi, Country Club of Jackson, as you said. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the course then. You've already been teasing us saying that it's going to be incredible for the guys. It's in pristine condition. But what can we expect? What can they expect from the track? It's a very old school uh course diane it's not a long golf course this is be uh if i'm going to steal a term from another sport this is like a small ball event they can the long hitters can stretch out and play this golf course they don't have to be perfectly straight on every hole there will be some rough there is two to three inches of bermuda rough and that by the way is the most dangerous rough yes they will be able to move their ball out of it no problem but it comes out so unpredictable, Diane. Uh, Bermuda rough is the most unpredictable rough for us to um, play out of. When we saw Bryson DeJambeau win at wing foot in bluegrass rough, that's more juicy and lush. And the ball sort of comes out. It doesn't just go boom, you know, where you hit. Uh, you don't it, at, at New York, if you're trying to hit a seven iron, it probably comes out about a seven iron distance. But down in Mississippi, you can hit a nine iron out of this Bermuda rough that could go 200 yards. So the players, they know that. We, we, we play this kind of rough all the time. But this golf course, Diane, is small greens tilted towards the players. Um, it's like the, the Colonial Golf Club. It's a very famous old place. The bunkers are perfect. But they've really got the greens this year in really good shape. Maybe the pandemic, no traffic. Maybe it gave the greenkeeper a big opportunity to get what he needed to do, whether it's top dressing. And when we put sand on the greens, Diane, that makes the grass struggle to get through the sand. They dry it out to get greens fast. It's like a person that's training for a marathon. They've got to take all the food away and all the water away, and they get that blade of grass real thin and lean, like you, Diane. I see you at the gym all the time. And that blade of grass gets real thin like a knife, and there's no friction. And that's what makes the ball run away. Okay, I did not know that. So that was a good thing to learn. So not an overly long course and small green. So we're really going to be looking at precision and accuracy this week and the guys that are going to put it close. Yeah, it's, it's it, when you start to handicap golf and you start to think about, Diane, what it does it take for someone to play good golf at a course like this? And to me, it's about how many looks can they get realistically? How many chances can they get inside of that 20-foot circle, which is what a lot of the tour players, that's, that's when you start playing really good golf. 
you get 10 looks, eight to nine to 10 looks inside of that 20 foot circle for birdie. It's one thing, Diane, to be able to hit 10, 10 shots inside the 20 foot circle. It's a whole nother thing to convert. And we've broken down this week, what players get into this, you know, jackpot circle, we say, where you get into the 20 foot circle, but then you convert a big percentage. And that's what we're going to, our whole show is about today. <laughs> he's, he's I just lost my sheet. So I'm coming back. <laughs> Sorry, my sheet took off. Well, I mean, this is part of the, the problem, the trials and tribulations of being outside on such a beautiful golf course. <laughs> I'd rather be sitting here at this golf course, honestly, Diane, after playing a game of golf than uh, any other. So I'm happy to get to these names of these players that I think are going to play well this week. I'm excited to, uh, there's one name that you're getting ready to tell me who shuffled up to number one this week. This young man keeps coming up on my list. I haven't had even had a chance to meet this fella, but I can't wait to see what he can do this week. Good. Right. Well, it is the Sanderson Farms Championship on the PGA Tour in Jackson, Mississippi, the country club of Jackson. So what we do every week is we take the golf course, country club of Jackson in this case, and we give you the five stats that we think are going to be important. Then we look at the entire field and look at their individual stats and our report re-ranks them and we're going to give you the guys with the best value. Now, we break it into sizzlers, the guys that are moving up, the fizzlers, the guys that are down the bottom that we don't know if you should be touching, and some dark horse picks as well, which are always some great surprises. So, Elk, looking at the, the skill set required to do well on this course, what are the categories we're going to be looking closely at? So this week, Diane, we have taken five statistics, as we always do. Of course, driving the ball is always in there, but it's all about proximity. No matter what happens, whoever's playing this event this week, it's going to hit the ball pretty good from 150 to 175 yards. Who gets the most looks, Diane? The second proximity one I've taken is 100 to 125. There's a lot of short holes at Jackson. Guys have got to get the looks. And then I've taken two particular categories of putting. Who, who putts really good from 20 feet, that magic area I told you when they hit their second shot in, and who cleans up around the hole from six feet? Those are the five. I'm going to tell you who converts the most and who shuffle their way up to the top of the board next. So accuracy, precision, proximity to the hole, these are all the words that we're going to be looking at. And the first of our three sizzlers, as you say, a guy whose name keeps coming up. And I love the fact that he is number one in our re-ranking this week. And that is Doc Redman. Yeah, this young man just keeps popping up. I haven't, I haven't met him. I haven't uh, got a chance to play golf, of course, with him. But he's got tremendous stats, Diane. And when you think about guys that hit the ball great off the tee of course he's in the top 10 in driving the golf ball on the pga tour and he's in the top 10 in probably my most important category driving the ball and then hitting his irons from 150 to 175 onto the green by the way this is not luck this is this is pure skill there's guys swing actions that are built to pinch the ball to get the ball flush the whole key about hitting the green from 150 to 175 is knowing how far you hit it and you being able to gauge that and make it make the ball do what you want to. It's no fluke that these guys are in the top 10 that are great in this area. And when we look across Doc Redman's column for all those stats, it's all green. When we look at his recent form, and we, we've got him ranked at 15th in current form, out of his three last finishes, he missed a cut in the middle, but he's finished third in the other two. And at the Safeway Open just a couple of weeks ago, he went super low on Sunday. He was sitting in the clubhouse all day long. He had a serious chance to win that golf tournament or at least make it into a playoff. So for him, that has to be, I'm sure he came out of, he came out of nowhere for the Safeway Open, but for him, it had to be a little bit disappointing that it didn't get to that stage. So he's probably got a real fire in his belly right now. You're right. He's got a lot of confidence. Uh, he's going to a golf course that is very similar to the one he played well in in Silverado. Different kind of turf. We're on Bermuda grass this week. But the most important thing, Diane, is when – if you tell me if I'm wrong here, but if you've got a guy that drives the ball great, mm -hmm. 
ranked in the top 10 on the tour. And then he hits his irons, top 10 on the tour from 150 to 175. Not top 10 at Sanderson Farm, top 10 of the whole tour. Then he has green stats all the way across the board. What other stat is there to look at? There's one, and that's conversion. What does he do on the greens? And over here, we've even added this week that he converts really well. He's almost, well, let's see, 75% of every six-footer he makes, and he's 23. He's in that tour average range. So if he hits 10 balls inside of 20 feet on the green, he makes two and a half of them. It's very important because I can take a friend, great friend of mine, and a, a secret golf contributor, a guy like Jason Duffner, who is one of the greatest iron players on the tour, ranks right up there uh, with Redmond in iron play. But on the conversion side of things, he's not a good a putter. Everyone knows Jason's not a good a putter. And uh, that's why it's hard for him to shoot a low number. I mean, as you say, to make almost 75% of all your six-foot putts, like that's the that's the pressure putt kind of number, isn't it? Like you look at a six-footer and you think, oh, those guys should be able to sink that. It's That's when the pressure creeps into your mind. So for him to be making almost 75%, that is ridiculously good. Yeah, 75% is not ridiculously good because the next guy we're going to talk about is 83. So, <laughs> so um, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. Okay. So Doc Redman, we're saying, is definitely a name to be looking out for. And again, we go back to what we said at the beginning. That's some of the great things about these tournaments that we have in the fall schedule is that you're seeing names that... First of all, you might not pick normally, but secondly, we're here to educate you on them and tell you why these are people that you need to pay close attention to. And Doc Redman, number one in our re-ranking, and he's the first of our sizzlers for the Sanderson Farms Championship. Right, next up. Hang on a second. I want to say one thing. Uh-huh. So when we say, how are you going to play well this week? Doc Redman ranks the highest in all the proximities, the putting, everything combined, he ranks one. Everyone else that we're getting ready to talk to you about are not in that quite that top range, the sizzlers are, but then the guys that we're going to talk about later in the show are the guys that are way away from knocking in a lot of putts, way away from hitting great shots from 175 yards. So that's how we do it. And we're sort of educating people of how, by the way, Diane, this is the way tour players think too. We're only, I'm only telling you on this show, this is what they know they have to do as well. That's the beauty of the show is that we have the, uh, the inside, <laughs> how you guys are thinking when you're actually out there. And you talk to so many players, you talk to so many coaches, and this is the exact stuff that they are sitting down and doing. And the players are paying these guys for. So here we go. Right. Uh, and on the subject of the guys that are down the bottom, the fizzlers, wait till you see the names that we have this week because it, there's some shockers, <laughs> real shockers. Right, the second of our fizzlers is Louis Oosthuizen. Now, when we put all of his stats in, he came in at number two in our SG Tour re-ranking. And, well, Elk, you teased it by saying, this guy's six-feet putting conversion rate is 82%. Diane, when it, what do you think of when you hear the name of Louis Oosthuizen? You think of his swing. He's got the most fluid swing. It's like Payne Stewart or even someone like me. People go and they watch that tempo of Louis Oosthuizen. Me, personally, I've never thought of Louis as a great putter. Yes, I watched him at Wingfoot struggle a little bit, but then I looked at the leaderboard and I think he, what, it was his third at the, at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot? But yes, I was I was pleasantly surprised to tell you that not only has Louis Oosthuizen got a great swing, he drives it great, he's hit his approaches good, but he's a genius putter. He makes 82% of all his six-footers, and he has a very high 23 or 4% from that 20-foot range. Louis Oosthuizen is probably going to win the tournament next week. When you look at um, Louis' numbers, the only number that is higher for the, the skill set for the course this week is the approach from 100 to 125. He's 105th on the PGA Tour ranking right now. Yeah, and you know, um, when you think of 125 rank, when you say, well, how bad is that? And you say, well, he, the best guy might hit it eight feet from the flag from, 100, from 125 yards. Louis might be out there at 15 feet. I'm more looking, Diane, at 
current form coming off the US Open. We know he's swinging well. He just played great at uh, wing foot. But he also he convert, he, he putts good. Yeah. He moves his way around the golf course. He's a smart player. He knows what to do. He's from South Africa. He's played on this kind of grass his whole life. This, nothing's going to be out of the ordinary for Louis at this course. So I'm feeling very good about that. I'm, I can't nitpick every little tiny stat. I've got, to, I've got to see where the whole thing pulls him up to. And current form, he's second in our ranking this week. As you say, third at the US Open. Before that, 25th and 13th. So incredible finishes. And the, the putting numbers, we were talking about Doc Redman a few minutes ago, but putting 15 to 20 feet, he is nearly 24% he makes. And from six feet, 82%, which is phenomenal. So you, you didn't see him as being a great putter. Now we know he is. <laughs> Well, you know, simply put, more than anything, if, if I hit 10 balls inside of 20 feet and he hits 10 balls inside of 20 feet and he's a 20% conversion, I'm a 10, he beats me by one shot every day, four shots every week, four, you know, a thousand shots for the whole year. So it, putting conversion matters a lot. For sure. Right. So our second sizzler this week is Louis Oosthuizen. Right. The third sizzler is a guy who actually lost in a playoff last year at this tournament. And uh, Sebastian Minos was the winner, who we are going to talk about a little bit later on. But Sung J.M. And I always think of something Jason Duffner said when we talk about Sung J.M. And he said a while ago, I think it was before the President's Cup, that he is the most talented yeah, underrated player on the PGA Tour. However, I wouldn't say underrated anymore because we're starting to see great things from him. Everybody knows he's a marathon man, plays every week, big sort of heavy set, thick set, doesn't seem to get injured, nothing seems to bother him. He doesn't get hot-headed like a, like a uh, John Rahm. He just seems to miss a lot of putts and he's always up around the leaderboard. I'm rolling the dice a little bit this week, Diane. This was my pick. I pushed him up. His stats are pretty good. He's not a great putter, but I'm feeling for some reason this guy's going to win and he's got to do it somewhere. But where would it be better when you have such an, a good iron player? This is the place a good iron play, player is going to thrive. Yeah. For sure. Um, he's coming in at sixth in our SG Tour re-ranking. He's 24th in the world right now, which is amazing. But looking closely at his numbers, his total driving, which you say is a stat that's always important. He comes in 10th on the PGA Tour. That number Top is... Top 10. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you start to look at the field, you say, why, why are these guys here? What are they trying to do? And you have to dive in and see what those conversion rates are. What are they? What are they? Where are they with their gains? And how are they going to do it? But we can expose their weaknesses here, and show off the great stats of the other guys. And and it's working. What we're telling you is what they're working on out on the tour. They're thinking the same way we are. They know what they got to do to play well at this tournament. We're talking PGA Tour for this week. We're going to get back to that in a second because Steve Elkington is here with a very special guest, Mark Leishman. Thank you for being on our show. <laughs> no worries. Thanks for having me. No, I'm just saying, you know, Leish, Leish having his big charity event today. I told him already on this show that I got my picture on top of his embroidered on the top of the farm on uh, on the Leishman Lager today, mate, over yeah. at that place. <laughs> I haven't had one yet. I didn't. I, uh, we will later. So, Leish, tell us a little bit about the Begin Again Foundation and what you guys are doing today. Yeah, so we uh, we have a charity golf day um, here at Bayville Golf Club. It's um, to benefit people who survive sepsis, toxic shock syndrome, and acute respiratory distress syndrome, all of which Audrey had and um, almost passed away from. Um, so we help families um, when they really need it. And um, this golf tournament is our major fundraiser. So uh, we finally had good weather for it. We've had some pretty horrendous weather the last few years. Um, everyone had a good day and, yeah, we raised a, a lot of money. So um, we'll be able to help a lot of families again this year. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's so good. And um, I think you're going to be uh, spending some time with Mr. Elkington in a little while to, to hit some shots and see what he's got to say about the game. Yeah, we're going to go hit a few balls. Yeah, be, yeah look, looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, Elk's a very knowledgeable bloke and um, <laughs> we'll see if I can pick his brain a little bit. So, we haven't, I haven't talked to Mark about this, but... Uh, we talked about you on the show, Leash, where you had a, a tremendous start and then you got knocked around on the, uh, 
when the virus came in and knocked down all your momentum, you weren't able to find it when you came back. What's your plan now? Um, Is that fair to say what I said? Yeah, spot on. Um, I've had a bit of a spell. So I've, I've played the US Open last week. Um, haven't touched a club until today. Uh, I just needed a bit of a reset. Um, you know, my technically my game wasn't awesome. Um, well, my swing wasn't great. And, you know, my coach isn't able to come over from Australia either. He's, he's in lockdown there. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting few months. Um, but, you know, like anything, golf does have ups and downs. And those, these downs that, you know, I've, I had, you know, recently, uh, they just make the wins a whole lot sweeter. So yeah. hopefully there's a win around the corner. Uh, things will turn around and we can get back into that winner's circle. I have one question, Leash. The only thing you haven't done in golf, and you were close at the uh, at the Open Championship at St Andrews. How do you get ready for Augusta, knowing that you're going up there in November with no fans? I know that's not going to be that big a deal to you because you're used to it now with COVID. But how do you get ready for Augusta in the fall? Um, so it's, your practice changes a little bit. Um, I don't hit a whole lot of shots off the off the driving range. I go and practice on uneven lies, um, and then a lot of putting on. Um, super fast greens and really hilly greens. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of parts there that, you know, you might have a 20 footer, but it's got eight feet of break in it. Um, so, so you have to practice that to, to get your visualization up and your imagination back going again. Cause there's not too many places that we play like that. Um, you know, we just played winged foot, which is fairly similar around the greens, but um, I think the uneven lies is a big thing. I, I do a lot of practice on, on the side of the driving range Um and just on in random places where you know you generally don't hitting see people a, practicing hitting a, a long iron off the side slope like you like you're going to have at 13 exactly. and uh, trying to shape it the other way than yeah. the slope's going because you've got to land it into all the hills there to uh, to control your ball when it hits the ground. With that's the most important thing. It's very similar to links golf. What trait do you have to have when you go to Augusta? What do you what one thing do you have to have for sure? Is it driving the ball? Make a six-footer, hit a green when you have to. What what thing would you – if you had to have one thing that you just love to have when you're going, walking into Augusta? Um, me, personally, if I drive it well there, I feel like I'm a really big chance. Yeah. Um, but the, because I'm, I feel like I'm a good iron player, uh, you need to be able to shape your irons into the, the hills to, like I just said, control the ball when it hits the ground. Um, to leave yourself those parts that don't have eight foot of break on that are, you that are, that are makeable. They're exactly. actually makeable. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you're hitting it in the right spot, and you have those ten footers uphill with not much break, I mean you can shoot a really low score there. But if you're hitting it into the wrong spot, you can be on the green but dead. Um, and that's where it's really important to be hitting from the fairway one, but to be able to control your irons. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, what, what's the next time we're going to see you on the tour before? Um, Augusta. We I'll play the CJ Cup in Vegas. So I'll play CJ, then the Zozo in in at Sherwood, um, then then the Masters. Possibly 50-50 I'm playing Houston. I'm not sure about if I play there, but uh, I'm just thinking about it. If you do, I will return the favour of uh, a couple of beers, and I'll show you my turf. When right. we go to your turf, have a look. At Sounds it. like a plan. She she <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't understand anything about turf. She doesn't get it. <laughs> It's important, Ryan. But it's filling me with such joy knowing that the two of you are going to have the best time later talking about grass. <laughs> we like to keep it nice. Be good. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you, Leash. You're, Thank you're you. in no rush, right? Bye. You're good? Yeah, I've got, yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the segment. So good to hear Leash talking about Augusta National because he's always played well at the Masters. So that's going to be a nice little boost, hopefully, to get him back on track and full steam ahead. No, it's going to be great. You know, Leash is, uh, it's all about driving the ball for him. He's, uh, we talked on the phone recently, his coach, as you know, he can't come over because he's, uh, you know, locked down in Australia, sent me a video. We looked at it. We, he's such a good iron player. He gets his head in the wrong spot and we fixed that a little bit and just simple stuff. He's not a big thinker. He uh, doesn't like all the machines. He doesn't do all that. He plays by feel, but you've got to have, you've got to be comfortable when you get over the ball. And that's what he's looking for right now. Okay, good. Well, that was Mark Leishman. So brilliant to hear from him. Let's get back to the Sanderson Farms Championship and our dark horse picks for this week. Right, Elk, the first dark horse that we're going to give you comes in at number three in our re-ranking, but 
you know, it was terrible that he had to withdraw from the US Open because he tested positive for COVID. This guy was on such a roll that it was going to be so cool to see him play wing foot. But we're talking about Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler has been a name that we've used all the way through this period, Diane. he uh, The only reason that we don't have him at the tippy top this week is because we're giving him a little bit of a... Uh, well, a little bit of cold ice that he's had COVID. So we, we don't expect him to come right out of the gate and be hot on fire like he was uh, when he left. So, But his stats are great. I mean, when you look across the board here, Diane, he's top 10 in driving. Um, he's good. He's, you know, he's good with his irons. He putts good. He's, his current form is number one. He's got good percentages. He has, as we've talked about, his buoyancy in this field has pulled him up to the surface. So when anyone looks at what they're actually doing and what it takes to play this golf course, Scheffler is up there, period. End of story. We've been talking about the putts inside 20 feet and he makes 24.14% of those putts, which is the highest, well, actually the second highest marginally that we have on our list of guys that we're looking at. But I mean, that's an amazing number. And if he can stick it close and his proximity numbers are good as well, then he could have the magic formula figured out for this course. This is like baseball analogy. When you have a 300 hitter comes to the plate, that's what it's like for these guys converting for their birdie putts. You have a guy that's only a 100 hitter. He only gets one birdie for every 10 looks. We're talking about a guy that gets two and a half birdies every 10 looks. So they, that's why they climb up the board. So yeah. it's a very important stat that's not looked uh, very closely, but we do right here. We do. <laughs> and we're telling you to help you. And by the way, they do. Yeah, they do. That's the whole point, isn't it? Right. The second of our dark horse picks is another guy who we've been talking about lately as well, Chesson Hadley. He comes in at number four in our SG Tour re-ranking. But, um, you know, looking at, we have everything color coordinated. And when you look across the board for Chesson, he's green with one little bit of yellow. Yeah, he's a great driver of the ball. He hits. He's a good long iron player, which I, if I have someone that I really have an eye towards that I like their games, I always my my eye always goes to guys like Louie or guys like Chesson. That's a good driver and a good medium to long iron player. Tells me a lot about their swing. Tells me a lot about the angle of their swing action and the approach to the ball. They can pinch that ball and get it to do what they want from 175 yards. That's where you can really make hay on the tour. So, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me to see him up there. He's in good form. He's having a great, uh, a great little run here. Uh, he's a guy from the south. So, you know, Bermuda grass is no big deal for him. Uh, everything points for him having a good week this week. Okay, so Chesson Hadley, the second of our dark horse picks. And then, well, we're going to go with Sebastian Munoz, who won last year. He won on minus 18, as we said a little while ago. It was a playoff between him and Sung J.M. But when it comes to Sebastian Munoz, well, looking at his numbers, we have him ranked ninth in our re-ranking. And his numbers are all right, okay? And we didn't put him as a kind of weird that we wouldn't put the defending champion as a sizzler, but it was hard to jump him into that category, really. Well, he overachieved a little bit last year with his statistics, and that's okay. That's that's what we that's how you win on the PGA Tour. You overachieve. You play better than your stats say, and that's why we're trying to show value here on the SG Tour Report. I think he'll go back there. It's a very proud moment for a young guy to go back to a course that he's won from before. And he, obviously, he's, he's comfortable with his turf. Well, Sebastian Munoz is from Colombia. He's grown up on this kind of coarse grass. I just think it's, it's my second dice roll of the week, Diane. I get two because I'm uh, half of this show. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to play good again. I think he's going to be proud, Colombian, to go back there. And he knows how to play this golf course. He knows the formula. He hit 80% of his greens last year. He will, uh, however, have to outperform the stats that he's put together since he left Jackson last year. Okay. So it'll be maybe, interesting what he can I do this. I'm giving him a little bit of a hard time because looking at his current form, his most recent finish, 59th, but then he had a 7th and an 8th. So he's playing good right now. So as you say, overachieved a little bit last year, but there's no reason why all that memory is not going to come back and he couldn't do the same again. 
No, I think – no, I, I – you know me, Diane. I'm always big on guys who go back where they've won. Look, I know I won a ton of tournaments twice. Players' Championship, Doral, uh, the tournament down in Georgia. It's because I know what to do on that golf course. So it's – putts are familiar. I know what I'm supposed to do on this hole. I, I know what club it is. I know what club it isn't. So it's very familiar. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on him this week. Okay, right. I, I realize we're doing things in a little bit different of an order because usually we leave our dark horse picks till the end, but it's fine. We still have our fizzlers to come. So just to recap so far, our sizzlers for this week, Doc Redman, Louis Ustazen and Sung JM. And our dark horses are Scotty Scheffler. It's going to be good to see him back out on tour. Chasen Hadley and last year's winner, Sebastian Munoz. Okay, right. So we've given you our sizzlers and our dark horses for the week, but we still have to do the fizzlers. The guys that when we put all the numbers into the computer with the skill set required to do well around the country club of Jackson for the Sanderson Farms Championship. These are the guys who are down. And I said it a while ago, there's some big surprises here, Elk. Well, you know, Diane, we talked about at the top of the show is what is it going to take well to play well this week? Um, you know, you've got to have proximity to the hole. You've got to drive the ball pretty good. We know that these players could win the tournament from hitting in the rough some, not all, not all week. But it's really about proximity to the hole and from 150 to 175, 100 to 125. And then how do they putt? And how many looks can they get on this golf course? Tricky, tilted greens. And when you start to break it down, Diane, it becomes evident that there's some guys that aren't going to hit many greens. They don't putt that good, but they're big name players. So this part of the show for us, we call it the fizzlers. We don't mean it to be mean, but we highlight, you may see a, a famous name like the first one. Should I give it to you or you want hey, to? You do it. Go for the big unveiling. <laughs> <laughs> Major winner, Sergio Garcia, obviously is looking for some form. Uh, Diane, but putting has always been a little bit of a tr struggle for Sergio, but he doesn't have a good story to tell. And that's why we've got him pushed down a little bit this week. Sergio Garcia, we've always known, is a great driver of the ball. He's in the top 10 or thereabouts. But where things get a little different for him, Diane, is always with the flat stick. He's, uh, he's beating nobody with his putting. His conversion rate, when he does get it on the green, he's 50-50% from eight feet or six feet. He makes got a half half chance of making it, and he's only seventeen percent of making the twenty footers. So it's hard work for Sergio right now. He's a great iron player. I would normally think that this would be a perfect setup. I'll bet you anything he thinks it's a perfect setup, but I cannot put him anywhere other than a fizzler this week. Okay, and we had him as a fizzler a few weeks ago, and uh, that was the right decision to. Great at driving. And as you say, you know, that's always a good number for him. He's 13th in total driving. And another great number for him is the approach from 100 to 125, 28th on the PGA Tour. But when you look at the longer approach shot, he's coming in at 96th. And then the putting numbers, I mean, I just have to give you the numbers because putting from six feet, as you say, he's 50-50. He's 182nd on the PGA Tour. Bearing in mind, you don't have 180 guys that play in a PGA tournament. So that's not a good number. And then you look at the longer putts, he's 135th. When, and, and the last thing on, on top of all that is Sergio's attitude. He gets down on himself when things aren't going that well, and that, that, that makes it worse for him. So, you know, I'm, he's got to be looking ahead to Augusta. He's won at the Masters. He's trying to get some form. He's doing the right thing by going down to Jackson and playing. Yeah. Maybe this will spur him on to get some iron shots. He's one of the great iron players that have ever played on the PGA Tour. This is a perfect setup for him. And maybe there's something he can turn around, but not this week, Diane. I've got him down there on the top of my fizzler list this week. And he's sixth in the field ranking. We have him at 49th in our re-ranking, so that says it all. The second one is another big name. And when it comes to playing in the South, you would expect him to do well on a course like this. He's a Tennessee guy. But we have him at 98 in our re-ranking, and it's Brant Snedeker. Another guy that I've really enjoyed watching his golf. We know that Snedeker has that famous name, Pop Stroke. He's a, he's a very good putter. But, you know, the stats have to tell the story, Diane. We can't just look at the TV and tell us that what, the, what the commentators say all the time. Um, Brant Snedeker 
uh, he putts great from inside of six feet, uh, almost as high as anyone, almost 80% or close to it. He's only 18% from inside of 20 feet. I'm a little perplexed by that. But where I am worried about him uh, more than that, Diane, he's 157th in driving and he's 167th in that 50 to that 150 to 175 category. That tells me he's driving crooked on the hard holes and can't get his ball anywhere near the green or anywhere near where it needs to be on the long hole. So that's why he's a fizzle this week. And as we said at the very start, proximity is the word this week. And I mean, it kind of makes, it's common sense when you think about it. If you're driving it crooked, it's going to be much harder to get it, not only to the green, but to get it close. And then if you're not putting great, it makes it even harder to make the putt. So when you break down the stats, and that's what always comes to fruition when we look at everything laid out like this, is that there's no surprise that he's falling in at number 98th on our re-ranking. Yes, and I know Snedeker is working currently with our own Bradley Hughes, Secret Golf contributor, on his swing action, trying to get a little bit more consistency with his impact. These numbers prove to me why he's working with Bradley Hughes, 180th in driving, 180th in oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> so that's why, he's, that's why he's working on his action. Maybe he's got something to work on and, and start hitting some good iron shots, but until he does... He's not getting off our fizzler list, Diane. Right, numbers don't lie. Our third and final fizzler is a veteran name too, and that is Bill Haas. This is one that, um, well, you've got reason for putting him as one of our fizzlers. You have reason, but then you look at the numbers and there's definite reason because he's coming in at number 126th in our re-ranking this week. Well, I... As I talked about that, I had a couple of dice rolls and I wanted to explain to people how a guy like Bill Haas, who won the FedEx Cup, remember hit that famous shot out of the water on the 71st hole at Atlanta when the nines were reversed and got up and down and won the 15 million. Let me tell you where Bill Haas is here. 118th in driving. I've never seen Bill Haas never hit a good drive. Only drives I've ever seen him hit are perfect. 189th in a proximity to the hole from 150 to 175 yards. Are you kidding me, Bill? Putting from six feet, he's 188. He's 50-50, he's 50%. And he makes almost nothing from 20 feet. So he putts bad, driving it bad, doesn't hit his wedges close, and he's terrible at hitting his long irons near the hole, which is the exact opposite of what I know of that young man who was one of the great young players. I wrote a letter to his mother and father when Bill Haas was a rookie on tour when he was playing with me in Reno, Nevada. And I wrote his mother and father. I said, not only is Bill Haas probably going to be a top five player in the world, but if my son could grow up to be half as good a young man as Bill Haas, I'd be a happy man. And that's how good I feel about Bill Haas. And I'm, it's hate for me to tell you to see these stats. But as you know, you're learning a lot about being on this show, not you, people that are watching, <laughs> how we rate players. Yeah. And like Snedeker in his last three tournaments, he's missed the cut. So there's no form there either. But um, yeah, it's always like, that's the thing. Like you don't like saying that these are the guys that we don't think are going to do well, especially when you have like the nicest guys like Brant Snedeker and someone who's a major champion like Sergio Garcia. And um, Brant Snedeker being another past FedEx Cup champion. So um, yeah, but those are our three fizzlers for the week. Sergio, Brant Snedeker and Bill Haas. The numbers don't lie as we keep repeating. So Elk, let's run through the full top 10. As I said at the start, what we do is we re-rank the field for the SG Tour re-ranking. It's always good to give you the top 10 because well, we like to give you the names that we pick out. But then if you're looking for a little bit of extra value and well, if you want to do a bit of your own research to add in with all of our stuff, then you can go for it. So our full top 10 this week at number one, he is our top sizzler. That is Doc Redman at two. Louis Oosthuizen coming in. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's back on tour after missing the US Open because he tested positive for COVID, but we've got him in at number three. Chesson Hadley comes in at number four. Uh, another guy that we talked about for our dark horse picks this week. At five on the list, when we take the skill set required to do well on the course and add in all the player stats, Cameron Davis sits at number five. Another guy whose name we've had on the show quite a lot over the past couple of weeks, but 
he's been playing well. His form is pretty good too. So Cameron Davison there. Sung J.M., who lost out in a playoff last year to Sebastian Munoz. He's at number six. We have him as a sizzler this week. At seven, Wesley Bryan. Um, he has only played 16 rounds. We're still using stats from 2020. So kind of limited numbers for him. But uh, what's impressive about him is his official world golf ranking is 651. And he shoots all the way up to number seven. So that could definitely be a value pick if that's what you're looking for this week. At number eight, Adam Schenk, another one whose name keeps coming up and he's been creeping around the top of many leaderboards over the past couple of weeks. Last year's champion, Sebastian Munoz at number nine and completing the top 10 is another guy who's had brilliant form, a Safeway Open, he finished third and that is Brian Stewart. So the full top 10, Doc Redman, Louis Oosthuizen, Scotty Scheffler, Chesson Hadley, Cameron Davis, Sung J.M., Wesley Bryan, Adam Schenk, Sebastian Munoz, and Brian Stewart. Okay, right. So to recap, our three sizzlers this week for the Sanderson Farms Championship. Doc Redman is our first one who comes in at number one on our SG Tour re-ranking. Our second sizzler is Louis Oosthuizen. And as we said, the putting is the thing for Louis that's really going in his favor this week. And our third one, last year's runner-up who lost in a playoff, Sung J.M. You know, when you start to look at the field, you say, why, why are these guys here? What are they trying to do? And you have to dive in and see what those conversion rates are. What are they? What are they? Where are they with their games? Everyone, look, we've we've talked about on this show. Not everybody, if they're playing poorly, they can't. They won't play poorly forever. It's our job to try to figure out what these players are trying to do with their games. What are they working on? How are they going to crawl their way back? How are they going to do it? But we can expose their weaknesses here and show off the great stats of the other guys, and and it's working. What we're telling you is what they're working on out on the tour. They're thinking the same way we are. They know what they got to do to play well at this tournament. Right. Thank you very much for watching the SG Tour Report right here on the Sports Grid Network. You can follow us on social media too. Just search for Secret Golf and we'll be adding a little bit more information too as the weeks go on. Elk, out on location today in Virginia Beach. It's been fun. Right, so it's going to be a fun week to watch. Uh, don't forget proximity is the word for the Sanderson Farms Championship at the Country Club of Jackson. Elk, our picks, they're there in black and white and uh, we'll see who does well this week. All about proximity, as you said, and then the guys that get a lot of looks. We expect some of these guys that are good putters to roll them on in, Diane, and prove us right. Right, I know that you're going to go work with Mark Leishman now, so have fun. You can report back next week. I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you the report. So there you have it, our sizzlers, fizzlers and dark horse picks for the Sanderson Farms Championship this week. Jackson, Mississippi being the place. And Mark Leishman as well, talking about his game and his preparation for the Masters. It was good to hear from him and have a little catch up. So if you want to watch the show, it's on the Sports Grid Network every Wednesday at 2pm Eastern and then repeated at 3, 10 and 11. You can find it at sportsgrid.com and also on all your TV streaming platforms you'll find it on apple tv amazon fire youtube sling the, the list goes on and on so make sure you search for sports grid and you'll be able to find it there and then also on our secret golf social media we'll repost a link so if you want to go and watch again then you can do so thank you very much for listening the sg tour report will be back next week next week it's viva las vegas actually um, a stretch of some really fun tournaments and we're going to see some great fields playing over the next couple of weeks as well but we'll see who comes out victorious at the Sanderson Farms this week and hopefully our picks work for you too.